Greetings, heroes, and thank you for answering the Summoner's Call. Presented by the Gamers Inn, this is a podcast for all fans of Fire Emblem Heroes and the Fire Emblem franchise. I'm your host, Ryan Murphy, and joining me today, as always, is Eddie. How's it going, Eddie? Not too bad. Sorry I wasn't able to make it last week for Claude and uh, your inability to say the name of the Lester Alliance. <laughs> I edited out some rambling, but I kept most of it in as I... Uh, you know what's weird? That's funny that you bring that up, because it's funny. I, th- I think I even name-called you in the... Uh, not name-called you, but uh, gave you a shout-out, because like, this is why Eddie's around, to, to poke fun at my inability to remember how to pronounce things. If we have any British listeners, they could have easily helped you as well, because I'm pretty sure that's how they pronounce it in England, where there's a, you know, where there are multiple locations that are spelled completely different from how you pronounce them. Yeah, and you Especially know what? Especially if you go up to Ireland. As I was Googling it, trying to figure it out, no, no Fire Emblem results were coming up. It was all, like, UK stuff, and I'm like, this is not helpful. But uh, I did eventually figure it out, and I did eventually pronounce it correctly, and I and I was kicking myself, because clearly I've heard it plenty of times whenever Claude comes on screen in, uh, in Three Houses, so, yeah. Not my not my finest moment <laughs> but uh, we are here today to talk about Fire Emblem Heroes and, and Eddie we welcome you back to uh, to discuss said things and such but um, we're going to start things off with the banners and I'll give you a bit of a heads up I have not done much in terms of summoning but we do have the weekly revival banner one that's right it has rolled over we are back to square one as they say now, I didn't look this up, and Eddie, I'm going to put you on the spot, and feel free to say I don't know, but is this literally like a, just a, a complete, you know, 360, and we are, we're getting the same weekly revival banner number one that we got a year ago today, or, or roughly today? Do you know if they started from the start, or? When they did the um, clearing out of, what was it, year three or whatever, mm-hmm. uh, they read refigured the weekly revival banners this is the same weekly revival banner one that we got after they refigured that and had i think it was as last week showed 31 weeks uh but it is different from the original weekly revival banner one i believe that okay. was first released like two three years ago uh, how long okay. ago was when they first put those out so good to know Good They're just know. starting the loop over again, and most likely they may re- rearrange them come, you know, June, July, whenever it was that they rearranged them last year and do it again this year. Maybe. But. We'll have to see. Uh, we also have the Grail's Devoted Revival uh, running until the 9th, Love Abounds Revival going into the 15th, and Seeds of Fodlin, the brand new New Heroes banner going until the 29th of March. And as I alluded to earlier, Eddie, I've not summoned. I've I've nothing to report, but I'm curious how you did because you got a you got some text here. You you said you hadn't summoned much. I mean, so did you not summon much, or did you not summon at all? I did not summon much. I wasn't going for anything, and I did not get anything. Therefore, okay, nothing to report. Oh. I'm I'm saving my orbs for Hero Rises. I was tempted by the uh, Marion slash. Um, you can't even remember the other the other blue there's the two blues ingrid? hmm i should know ingrid this. and marianne yeah ingrid thank you talk about it in like two minutes here um yep. I, but i decided not to i decided to wait to for the hero okay. rises 
considering Saros didn't win Shake's Fist. Yes, uh, as Ryan mentioned last week with the Claude Banner, I uh, didn't have any luck. Uh, but when I had stopped summoning that first time, I had a bit of a pity rate. Uh, so I decided to hop back in and try and clear that pity rate. Uh, focusing on colorless, of course, for a chance at a Claude, you know. Unlikely. It could have gotten pity broken by another uh, Milla or Leaf again. Uh, but I did finally clear my pity rate when I was up at about 11%, and it was a neutral Claude. So I actually did end up getting him. So that was nice. Um, I dipped into the new banner, uh, aiming to spark for Ingrid if I did not get her sooner than that. Um, I was summoning green, blue, and colorless, and I was a little iffy on colorless, but I was summoning initially. I uh, got pity broken by a female dream corn or a drift corn or whatever you want to call her. Uh, early on, uh, shortly after, I got a Nephany special boost, as well as Eleanor pity break. A uh, ring or two after that pity break, uh, that, uh, and this was about halfway to the spark, around 2022 summons, I got a four-star Linhart and a Dudu on the same ring. So that was two orbs I didn't have to worry about summoning on. Um, I got another special boost loot, or another special boost of a loot a couple rings later, followed by a cliff pity break. Uh, special boost Delthea, the ring after cliff. Uh, which led to a blue-free final ring uh, before I hit the spark, and I grabbed Ingrid with the spark. Uh, since I had had that blue-free, uh, that final ring with no blues in it, I decided, uh, why not go ahead and do one ring after the spark and ended up getting Marianne, Marianne on that. So wasn't dead set on getting all of them, but I did end up getting everyone on the banner. Very good. So, yep. That is a good haul right there. And uh, yeah, I uh, did not summon um, more than the, the 4G bond tickets, I should say. So I'm, I'm kind of sitting at okay. like 7 of 40 summons, I think. I may have accidentally continued to click through and summon. but I'm going to say, if you didn't summon at all, then you would have been at 5. <laughs> no, I know. I just... It was one of those things where I was indecisive, but I was like, oh, maybe that bl extra blue one would have what I'm looking for. But uh, no, no. It was just, oh, yeah. Uh, no, I understand that. That's generally how I treat those, you know. As a color I'm looking for, I'll finish out the ring of those colors at least. But mm -hmm. You never know. RNG, but, it's what it's for dinner. Yeah. Uh, but what is not for dinner is the calendar because it's a <laughs> it's a paltry sampling. So what do we got left on yeah. this on this plate? Yeah, just... Just the two things you mentioned last week of a new power banner start, starting on the 8th and the Frontline Felix starting on the 9th. Uh, that's still don't have a new calendar. I'm expecting it tonight or tomorrow at the latest, but you know, don't have one yet. Double check before the episode just to make sure. No, it'll be, uh, it'll be posted shortly after we, we record this. Of course, but what we do have, the, well, we don't have the calendar, is the results of the Heroes Rising voting gauntlet. And as everyone is happy to hear, the voting gauntlet worked perfectly. No one was upset at the results. And, oh, wait, no. Linja beat out Saros. So while she is a double hero and a decent hero, um, uh, it's been noted in Discord she doesn't have great fodder, and we could have had a free mythic. So... Linja upset Saros to win it all. Uh, Saros, Dimitri, and Legendary Corrin, female, will be joining Linja on the 
banner that is coming shortly with the sparks. So you can get that, Sarah. So it'll just cost you 135 orbs or however many orbs they've calculated it out is. Might even be a little more because there's no tickets for this one, I don't think. So Yeah, we don't we don't know we don't know what sort of celebrations they're gonna have for this banner. All we know is that it, I think it's planned for mid March. So in an probably yeah. in a, well we'll know when the calendar hits. Probably in the next couple of weeks we'll have the banner, right? Probably. Mm-hmm. So there you go. Uh, I I just before everybody you know gets their pitchforks and their torches, I was not playing for Linja. I was on the team of Saros because I agree, free mythic. That's what we all it should have been agreed upon. But however, uh, the powers of of Linja and uh, could not be swayed. Although um, Dimitri was able to knock out Edelgard, which was interesting to see. I thought Edelgard would have been top four but i think it's the fact that people realize brave edelgard is nothing special if it had been legendary edelgard uh there would have been less desire to get her out and she might have won it hmm. but since it was brave edelgard who's just in the normal pool you know as everyone else is either a duo hero or a legendary or a mythic hero you know true True. She was the odd one out as we, uh, I think we went over a couple episodes ago. Uh, but yeah, it's, uh, so, I mean, we'll get our free, I, actually, maybe it's, we're getting our free character mid-March and then the banners late March. I forgot the original wording, but I, I know it's March. And like you said, when the calendar yes, arrives. But we'll later this month, we'll have the banner and the free Linja. Mm-hmm. Yep. It'll be good. Uh, looking at the new heroes we got, Seeds of Fodland, Intelligent Systems returns to the Three Houses Well with more school arc characters. Ingrid, Dedu, Lin- Linhart, and Marion joining their fellow classmates in Asker, followed by the creepy version of Tomas as a grand hero battle unit. Man, I'm so really glad you see that there. with more school arc characters, like you're annoyed that it is, but I have a feeling that at least all the students are going to get a version in the game yeah before they start moving on to war arc not counting you know g or not counting uh brave versions brave and, and legendary. legendary versions yeah yeah i it's it, yeah i think i feel like deja vu is hitting me because i know we've talked about sort of the school versus war arc and and i think we had established like it would be nice to start seeing some different designs i think we've been spoiled by the brave and legendary versions um mm-hmm. just just seeing all these characters in the same school outfit is just like okay we get it yeah. you know we're in the same uniform yeah but you rather four five months worth of banners in a row so they go the way no <laughs> and no other you know ip is getting any time in that time i mean it's kind of feels kind of worn out and sold but i feel like you know especially with it being new and being so popular, they're going to want to get at least all the students out. And, you know, and the options are have a run of nothing but three houses banners and no love to any other IP or not counting seasonals or do it like they're doing where, you know, it feels like it's been a long time and we really are chomping at the bit for those war characters, but 
you know, they want to get all the school arc ones out first. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so. no, I, I really do like the pacing that they've had so far with the way they've kind of been moving across different versions or different uh, pieces, entries in the franchise. Um, I don't necessarily yeah. want them to. I just, yeah, I don't, I mean, you've gone this far. I guess they can't skip the school arc now. Like they've already set in stone what they want to do here so it'll be probably another uh, man a couple years until we get the work i guess once again they haven't stated things one way for sure or the other but you know so it's not 100 cents set in stone but they have consistently stayed with filling out most of the characters from the school arc um i think at least two more banners maybe three but mm-hmm. i could be miscounting i have to go back and double check who's there and who's not uh, but speaking of who is there, uh, we have our first hero on this banner, Ingrid Galatea's heir. A crest-bearing young noblewoman from the royal kingdom of Fargus, Ingrid has always idolized and looked up to knights, uh, feeling that was in force on one of the saddest days of her life when her betrothed Glenn sacrificed himself to prote- protect Dimitri and his father during the tragedy of Dusker. She joins heroes in a normal version, uh, as opposed to her summer version that she got last year as a blue lance cavalry unit she wields her hero's relic lewin which accelerates her special trigger and if either she starts the combat or has an ally within two spaces of her at the start of the combat she gets speed plus six an additional 20 percent of her speed added to her damage and if she is also uh five or more speed faster than her opponent uh they cannot counter attack she has no new skills, but she does come with Moonbow, Tier 4 Attack Speed Solo, and Low Speed Defense and Roused Attack Speed. So, quite a speedy little lady. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's pretty quick in uh, in Fire Emblem uh, Three Houses as well. I've, I've just managed to recruit her and start using her um, more so yeah. in, in battles, and she's... She, I find her in three houses that she's balanced more than anything. Mm-hmm. You know, her neither her attack or magic really runs away. Her defense and res- resistance both stay about equal to each other. Um, she has a decent speed, but she doesn't, you know, come close to characters like Felix or uh, Petra, who almost rely one hundred percent on their speed to survive and stuff so she's kind of a very well balanced character okay interesting yeah i mean um i i don't know if we're going to talk a lot about it because i think the I, I think last time we had new heroes i talked really strongly about the forging bonds um this run through <laughs> forging bonds literally ingrid's has been boiled it. she's joined the the heavy plates corp uh and um yeah it's, it's not like very of all, all the things about Ingrid to really focus on. Yep. The she fact eats that a lot. she talks about. I never even felt like she ate a no, lot. No, I, I know. Mean, Raphael, like yeah. yeah. I never felt like she ate a lot. She talked about food a lot, but it didn't feel like she was eating a ton. Whereas Raphael, who, you know, barely stops eating to talk, especially in like his and Ingrid's discuss in his and Ingrid's support things in Three Houses. You know, he's chomping away at food, and she's like, how can you be out here eating like that, you know? So, 
it, wow. it's a weird thing and yeah they like their heavy plate core of women who eat a lot yeah it's uh but aren't fat yeah it's really odd um i think the forging bond across the board so far is pretty it's not great uh there was one where i can't remember who maybe it was marion's or maybe it was ingrid's but felix oh no it might have been even a group one but felix shows up but since felix only has oh. like his santa suit <laughs> mm-hmm. that was kind of like no, yeah it was to do you're right and um because felix and to do always have had that strong hatred for each other well felix has a strong hatred for to do to do doesn't care and you know doesn't want felix to insult dimitri in any way yeah he gets like you can talk about me however you like but don't even bring the the holy fargus don't insult or whatever dimitri. yeah yeah um and yeah to do i mean we'll talk about to do in a little bit but i i thought that uh that was probably my favorite part so far of what i've experienced of the forging bonds was just felix show, showing up in a santa suit and i think the someone... rest of it is, is rest of it to do is, is kind of interesting him and yilger and Hellbindi discussing you know fault and blame and stuff like that mm. okay i haven't got that. i know Hellbindi's showed up again and he's yeah uh, He's got his. I think it's the third him. or final one of Dudu, where uh, you know Dudu is explaining the why Felix is so, you know, hates him so much, and Yilger and Halbindi are like, you know, it ain't your fault that some pre- people went crazy in your country, you know, mm-hmm. can't blame yourself for what other people did and stuff like that. It was a good one, I thought. I so. I, I need to get a little further then, uh, but uh, let's talk about Dudu. Dimitri's vessel, vassal, not vessel. <laughs> I you you played to do a little differently than I did. If he's a vessel, no, no, he's a vassal. A vassal. Is this one little, two little, two little word letters off there? Um, okay, to do's Dimitri's to do Dimitri's vassal. Sometime before to do entered the officers academy at Garrig Mock. A dastardly plot left its home world. Home world. <laughs> He's an alien, by the way. Um, his homeland of Duskar, embroiled in a terrible conflict with the holy kingdom of Fargus. Dudu was seriously wounded during the fighting and came close to the brink of death, but he was saved by Dimitri, Fargus's prince. Since then, Dudu has been completely loyal to Dimitri and joined him in his studies as part of the Blue Lion House. To do is a green axe armor unit wielding steadfast axe plus. If unit is within two spaces of an ally, grants attack slash defense plus five to unit and neutralizes penalties to attack slash defense during combat. To do also becomes the first non-special hero to have the savior trait on a skill, which is uh, attack or I'm guessing attack slash defense near save three in the C slot. It's A slash D. I'm yes. guessing that's attack slash defense. That would be attack defense, I would think. Okay. And looking at the explanation of the skill, it looks like it is attack defense that it affects. Right. So you've got, uh, if a foe uses sword, lance, axe, dragonstone, or beast damage, and initiates combat against an ally within two spaces of unit, triggers savior on unit. If unit triggers savior, grants attack slash defense plus four during combat. Rounding out his kit is prey or pavis as a special and sturdy stance three in the a slot i i question that because i might have made a mistake spelling that pavis 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 it's a recurring skill 
And it gives you a high boost in defense, like half off the damage or something like that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that sounds about right for the skill. So it's yeah. interesting looking at Dudu's art. In his standard art, he has no axe. He's just got a sword sheathed on his belt. But then when you go to his attack, he has the axe. Where well, was the axe? You could ask that about many weapons on many characters. <laughs> but um, the sword just... sheath is just part of the academy outfit. Everyone has it, no matter what they are. Oh, really? Everyone has a sword? academy outfits. Am I learning this yeah. for the first time? Marion doesn't have a sword. So you're just saying in well, three in houses. In the game, everyone has a sword. My, um, you know, I have my Byleth in our playthrough running around in the summer outfit, and she has a has a sword like the one that you see in Dudu's art. I'm double-checking Dudu's art, but she has a sword like the one that I believe is in Dudu's art. Yep. That little sword, um... Just a little sword. It doesn't look like Ingrid has her sword on her either, but most of them do, you know, in those in that art. Well, he pulls an axe out of no thin air. Uh, As do many heroes, so. Well, true. I guess you're right. I guess, I don't know why I'm giving Dudu a hard time, because Ingrid definitely Raven runs around with a freaking sword hanging on his belt and not a, you know, a... uh, just for show sword, an actual sword on his thing, and yet he wields an axe. Yeah. No, you're right. And Ingrid does not have her lance in her standard art as well. I guess I'm, I, for some reason, I felt like this, maybe I'm just giving to do a hard time. I apologize to do you, you do you, uh, and, and we'll be, we'll be fine. I just, for some reason thought most characters had their art or had their weapon with them in their standard art, but, um, I think I'm wrong. I'm, I'm probably wrong here, so yeah, we can move on. I'm looking through. Hubert and uh, Ferdinand both have their sword, decoration sword on their hips, uh, while they're both a lance and a caster in the game. Um, they still don't have a normal. As does Petra. Dimitri has a special sword. Then uh, a bunch of summer units. Mercedes doesn't. Uh, nope. Annette doesn't. She has a book, even though she's running around with an axe. But yeah, a lot of them, other than the special seasonal ones, don't have their weapons. No, you're seasonal right. and the lords. Yeah. No, you're right. I, I think I just, for some, my mind was decided at that moment to take a stand when, no, no, we should have done this years ago. So it's yeah, not a Hilda big has her sword. So yeah, a lot of them in their as part of their uniform is a sword. It's probably functional. It's just more for show than anything, because you know. But uh, another character on the banner who doesn't have a sword in the art uh, is Linhart Hevering's heir, a young noble from Adrestria. Adrestia. His love of naps hides a diligent and intelligent young man. However, he is only that way when it comes to topics that interest him and often loses track of time, leading him to seem tired at all times of the day. He joins Heroes as a colorless infantry staff unit in the four-star focus on the banner. He has nothing new on his kit from 
the pain plus staff that he wields, as well as the physic plus healing skill, uh, to the miracle, renewal, and distant guard skills rounding out his kit. So. You could not have picked a better character to cast aside <laughs> as the four star. Like, if yeah. we got to do everybody, we should at least throw Linhart under the bus. Agreed? Agreed. You know? It feels uh, like that was the meeting. Yeah, I mean, uh, to a small degree, not really. I mean, uh, you could argue that maybe uh, Ingrid was a consideration for a four-star, but she has a pretty powerful hero's relic weapon, and she has a full complement of skills, everything but a movement skill. So, you know, you... Linhardt is another one of those who sadly suffers from the clearly a four-star unit. Um, but what appears to be uh, a little more uh, equipped for battle is uh, Marion adopted. If if the amount of text is to go by anything, I should say, uh, Marion adopted daughter. Marion is the adopted daughter of House Edmund, who govern a remote region of the Leicester Alliance. There's a secret to Marianne, however. It has to do with the crest she bears. Perhaps having the secret weighing on her mind is why Marion struggles when it comes to being social. She's not completely alone, though. She loves the animals and the horses and birds that Garrig Mock seem to love her company. She, oh, sorry, she loves animals and the horses and birds that Garrig Mock seem to love her company. It's kind of sentence jammed all together. Uh, Marion is a blue tome infantry unit wielding icy Fimbleviter. Fimbleviter. Mm. Grants attack uh, plus three. Start of combat. If unit's HP is greater than or equal to 25%, inflicts attack slash resistance minus six on foe during combat. Also at start of combat, if unit's HP is greater than or equal to 25%, and unit is within three squares of a cavalry or flying unit, or sorry, flying ally, unit makes a guaranteed follow-up attack. And also, if unit deals damage to foe during combat, restores five HP to unit. This triggers even if zero damage is dealt. She also has a new skill in the A slot called B Dual Infantry 4. Grants HP plus 5 and attack slash speed slash defense slash resistance plus 2. If unit is 5 star, level 40, a legendary or mythic hero, and unit stats total to less than 175, treats unit stats as 175 in modes like Arena. If unit is 5 star, level 40, not a legendary or mythic hero, and Units stats total less than 180 treats unit stats as 180 in modes like arena. I feel like I'm reading boilerplate text that easily could have been boiled down for this specific yeah. unit. So I apologize. Um, oh, I when we had two heroes on one banner that had that same new tier four and dual skill, I just said, yeah, same as the last one because it's such a complicated book of word book of text there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So this is an arena unit, um, specific like this this yeah arena type thing. It's an arena skill, uh, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, higher scoring opponents will appear. Stat total calculation excludes any values added by merges and skills. Yada yada. If you're an arena player, hey, you know what I'm talking about. If you're not, numbers. Uh, rounding out her kit is iceberg is a special lull attack slash resistance three in the B slot, joint drive resistance three in the C slot. So uh, she's got her arena boost there. Yeah, Gosh, although uh, I will admit that I, I don't remember what the tier three versions have, but these tier four arena 
skills are pretty useful or still somewhat useful in that they give you uh, 13 stat boosts, 13 points of stats, 5 health, and 2 to all the other stats just for having them there. So it's a nice little stat boost even if you're not taking her into arena. Yeah, that's not too bad. Yeah. I mean, like, I can see this these skills being, like, if you're trying to build an arena team, depending on what skill you're replacing in the A slot, I feel like these skills are probably highly sought after. Is this a yeah. new... So this is a new Tier 4 skill, so... Yep. This is Blue Infantry Tier 4 version. Uh, I think we got a Flyer skill and a Cavalry skill. Or maybe it was another Infantry skill, but... You know. Well, can't we remember. Gotta... There was one sometime recently that had those. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not much for Arena, so I don't really pay attention to that type of stuff. But I can see how when these Tier 4 skills start to be added for the Arena skills, I, I can imagine people are paying attention. Um, so if you have a a blue infantry unit that you like bringing into uh, Arena, this you might be looking for a Marianne. Marianne. It was, it was Azel and Aranus from the last banner, and that was a red infantry and blue flyer. Okay. Well, blue, red, for sure. If you have, like, a yeah. red... red. Uh... Well, and this is blue infantry, so it doesn't, you know, interact with the other one. It's different move type, so... Mm-hmm. For sure. Yeah. All right, closing out, we got uh, Creepy Dude. What What's he got going on? Yes, Solon, Church Shadow. A member of a mysterious group of people hiding in the shadows of Fodland... Solon spent an unknown amount of time posing as the librarian Tomas at Garrig Mach. He is the GHB unit for this banner. He is a red tome infantry unit wielding the Banshee Theta Tome, which activates on the start of turns 3 and 4 and inflicts gravity, guard, uh, the inability to counterattack, and a debuff of 6 on the 4 combat stats to the closest foes within 5 spaces of him. He does not come with any new skills, but does come with glacies, sabotage resistance, and attack boy. So, if you're coming up to him, make sure you kill him before that third turn, or he's going to smack you hard. Yeah. I Man, I didn't like him in three houses, and I'm not really keen on sort of having him in, mm-hmm. in three or in, in heroes. I, I mean... It, oh, and yeah. spoilers for Game Club. Sorry. <laughs> No, yeah, no, it's all good. He dies, so he doesn't last. Oh, right, yeah, yeah but we haven't, know, we haven't, Thomas. he hasn't revealed himself yet in true. where we are in game clubs. So, although you know, Tomas is pretty creepy, and uh, Tomas is pretty creepy, and like other characters who I will not mention right now because you know, uh, it's like why it, it's it's weird how they do things so they foreshadow pretty 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 heavily that tomas is like there's something up with him i mean they, they foreshadow they a lot there's something Yuritsa up with him well. just like they did with the death knight and Yuritsa. and then like when you're finding out about tomas's past info after Yuritsa, i feel like tomas is someone they should have looked at more closely because <laughs> Tomas left the library after 40 years of loyal service to Gerard Mach and then suddenly reappeared. 
and no one thought to question or check, hey, did Tomas make it to where he was going? Uh, you know, is Tomas where he was going? And somehow Tomas is also at the monastery. I feel like when Tomas left the monastery the first time, the real Tomas left and Solon came back, mm-hmm. you know? Similar to another character that shall not be named. Well, uh, that is pretty much it for the new heroes. And uh, But we're not going to stop the Three Houses train there. No siree, Bob. We are going to move into Game Club for the Outrealm Gate here and uh, talk about Chapter 7 of Three Houses, White Clouds, The Claude Route. And I will describe said chapter right now. Serving as another school battle event, much like the first school battle in Chapter 1, the three houses of the Officers' Academy meet once more in a mock battle to determine the strongest house of that year. With glory and a reward going to the house who performs the best, the three houses enthusiastically meet in battle to come out on top. Byleth leads their house into battle and overcomes the opposing two houses. Securing a win, the three houses' leaders meet in the aftermath and congratulate Byleth on their leadership in battle that lead to their houses' victory. They return to the monastery to celebrate their victory over a modest feast. So this chapter was very much, um, let's put all the Harry Potter mysterious stuff aside and back to school stuff. This was just back to bland, nothing special. I mean, the biggest thing this month is the fact that Paralogs opened up. Um, So you get a little bit of backstory meeting Monica, who's sitting there chatting and plotting something with Adelard, discussing oh, yeah. going meeting up somewhere at night, and you know, so it's a pretty basic, simple chapter of a severely poor, severely balanced against you battle. And I don't, I've never, uh, when playing through it, I've never managed to, but I think you truly can uh, lose while winning the battle. Uh, if you play it super defensive and don't hit a kill or defeat a lot of enemies, uh, I also don't know if you will actually lose characters in this chapter. But no, if you I don't think there's defeat a message. A lot of enemies, there's a message yeah. right at the beginning that says like if if when your if your characters sort of die, they don't die, they faint, and they're available like they don't die. Yeah. So, so there's no because you're fighting other students, and at this point in time, there's no reason for you your students to try and kill you. Yeah. But, you know. The other two houses show up with their class in a whole fleet of NPC characters to fight for them while you have your 10 characters. Yeah, now that is depending on... So I remember my first playthrough. I didn't mark this in the notes, but it's it's coming to me now. Um, I remember my first playthrough. I didn't do a lot of recruiting because I didn't really understand that whole aspect of it. This was when the game mm-hmm. first launched. Now, different story this time around where I'm recruiting... And, uh, a lot of the other, the other houses just, they don't, they have like generic NPC knights because I've (laughs) recruited their, their classmates. Oh, no, they have those even if you didn't recruit them. Really? I could have sworn. Oh yeah. There's way more than eight students out there. Yeah, I guess you're right. Remember, Manuela and Hanneman aren't fighting in this and there's way more than eight students out there. Hmm eight characters out there to fight so, so they get a bunch of random npcs helping them no matter what oh okay well, i mean so they, you they have, have your more 10 they, or so characters right 
They have more knights this time around, though, because I've recruited their characters. Yes. In my first place, there are a bunch of random generic knights replacing where the actual characters would have been. Yeah. But. Interesting. That's a good point. Um, But you are right. I'm pretty sure when I get there, it's going to be Dimitri, Dudu, Edelgard, Hubert, and generic random NPCs. Yes. So essentially, everybody you can't recruit no matter how hard you try. Um, I, the the map was fairly easy. I I took the hill. Uh, Byleth basically handled the, the arms, the uh, Mm -hmm. siege weapon on top. Um, I guess I could have had Claude do it. And then it it, blew into flames while you were up there. Hmm. Oh no, it didn't actually. It didn't? Okay. No. Uh, you mean in terms of it losing out of ammo or someone just hitting it? No, it exploded into flames. The whole platform explodes into flames once you get up there. Does it? Mine didn't. Oh, wait. No, that might be the second time you go here. Second? I might be thinking of the war arc one. Never oh, mind. you're going... You're thinking You're thinking ahead. I'm... I'm. This is... Yeah. Okay, no. Um. You're confusing I'll, me. I'll admit. I, you know, I actually cut down on my crazy grinding this month, this week, or for this month, this chapter... But even so, work was crazy enough that I did not get through everything, so I have not gotten to this battle yet this time around. So yes, I was mixing War Arc and Academy Arc occurrences no. between each other. Okay, so I didn't realize so, you come you come back in... Sorry, spoilers in the War Arc when you have a battle here at this field. That platform in the center will explode into flames once you get up there. But is that specific to... Because you did Blue Lions, right? I don't think Black Eagles comes back. Unless I'm forgetting, which is totally possible. Pretty sure it comes back because it's the whole big animated scene that they showed in the trailers. Hmm. Uh, They have the young version and the grown-up version of everyone meeting together on a field and... I'm probably just forgetting Going to war, but... But let's talk about Chapter 7 because... uh, So I agree with you. Um, Monica and Edelgard, super sus. And I remember them being super suspicious when I first played through. And now knowing what I know from playing through the game before, it's like, holy crap, how did I not just immediately be like, you're, first of all, you're a teacher. Um, There are a lot of moments in this game where I wish you could utilize your teaching, your teacher's position to be like, yo, clearly some shit is up here and we need to sort this out like detention slip at the very least i know they're lords and technically like even though they're your students they could probably have you you know drawn and quartered for looking at them weirdly but uh (laughs) it's uh it's just one of those things where you just wish like okay flag on the field here you two something's going on here you know it's just it's just one of those things i don't know It, it 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 kind of threw me off a little bit. Um, but uh, I expressed yeah. last week my, you know, sus of Monica to begin with, because it's like you just got rescued. Why aren't you going home to your family? Although, actually, in one of the paralogues we did this week, we might have a bit of an explanation as to why. But mm. in the original game, you don't have any of this explanation. So it's like, you know, why why are you just being let to sit back in your house out of nowhere? You've been missing for a year. Shouldn't you go spend, you know, a couple months with your family to and let them decide if they want you to even come back here since you got kidnapped while you were here? You know, 
Yeah. And also, I think Hilda even points out that she seems completely different from what she recalls her being like last year. Yeah. Yeah. I think you're right. Last time we talked about it, it was very suspicious that she just, like, jumps right back in. And no one one seems to bat an eyelash, uh, except for Hilda. But um, speaking of appearances that no one seems to bat an eyelash at, uh, Elfric shows up. And based on his behavior and the quest he gives you, it is... Like one hundred percent Alfred, but I guess that means the Cinder Shadows Shadows playthrough is like an alternate timeline and not actually connected to any of the main story games because you know he doesn't seem to recognize you. You don't seem to recognize him, and he recognizes you as the daughter of Cit or as the child of Citri. But he has a little quest for you to bring flowers for your mom. Yeah. I think you're right. Like the fact that Cindered Shadows is technically a separate episode, they kind of oddly bottle it separately, but have Alfric sort of pop in as a cameo in the main game. Um, yeah, I mean, and you kind of see that it's separate because, you know, you meet the Cindered Shadows Ashen Wolves earlier on, earlier than you would have in the original game in the Cindered Shadows playthrough. And, mm-hmm. you know. Like, this might just be a little bit of, like, me kind of headcanoning it a little bit, but maybe because you meet the Abyss earlier in the main game than you would in the DLC, like, there's more time for you to sort of become acquainted with them, and then Alfred's like, ah, I can't really pull this plan because we're way too connected to the... Because, like, the church seems to be fine with the Abyss being around. Like, no one's... There's not a lot of, like, make sure you keep an eye on those Abyss, you know, problems... Mm -hmm. And it's just kind of everyone's coexisting. So maybe Alfred's like, ah, I can't do what I was going to do. And hey, this Byleth character is pretty cool. So, and Gerald ain't or bad maybe either. the Alfred of this timeline just isn't as insanely obsessed as the other Alfred was. Or never heard about the Chalice or whatever. He seems to be so. pretty, you know, pretty grounded when I talk to him. Yeah. So He's just labeled as monk. So for all we know, he's not even actually one of the secret bishops or whatever he was. Yeah, maybe he didn't he's get that promotion. Monk. <laughs> or he could still be, and he's just not revealing his identity while he visits, but still. Uh, never know. Yeah. Um, in celebration of finding or rescuing um, Flame, there's a fishing tournament this uh, month as well. So I don't know if you and, took part in that, but... Well, of course I did. It's part of the main storyline, or sort of part of the main storyline. You know, I guess you could have skipped it if you wanted. But, You're um, a monster. I did forget to talk to everyone before i turned in the thing to flame so i lost out on a bunch of random items yeah not that big a deal but mostly trinkets like i think i got a steel sword from catherine which was pretty probably the best thing maybe some smithing stones as well honestly i'm not with my playthrough smithing stones are a dime a dozen so well there you go so you're fine don't worry about it um but yeah that was pretty much the chapter but as you mentioned we did get some paralogs um i i mean i i could have done all four but i was doing side quests as well uh i think actually four there should have been six combats this month yeah so well i i didn't do them all because i i didn't really want to just battle like that was a lot this was a lot there was a lot going on this chapter and i'm not arguing not yelling you know no no no, i know i'm just saying that uh it's kind of nice that it's a quiet chapter because it it allows for your brain to kind of like 
process the paralogs, but the paralogs are also like similar to other paralogs in, you know, Fire Emblem. They're pretty light in terms of story and heavier. There's just more battles, but I think because there are a bunch of extra battles in Three Houses already, it's nice Mm -hmm. that there's this flair of story and to make them different. Yeah, paralogs throughout um, Fire Emblem history have always been a mixed bag. You have some that feel more important than others, uh, but none of them are, you know, 100% you must do the... Excuse me, sorry. 100% you must do this to beat the game type thing. And these ones are kind of little interesting side story around uh, some of the characters, uh, such as the first one we did, which is one that is a DLC one with Happy and Balthus, Black Market Scheme. Essentially, it starts off with Balthus coming up to you, talking about how Happy had curled, a uh, mysterious crate of feathers had shown up. Happy curled up and took a nap in it, and then the crate got stolen and sent to Enbar to be sold on the Black Market. So Balthus takes, recruits you to go hunt, hunt for Happy and Enbar. Uh, and while you're there, Balthus is acting shifty, even for him. Uh, so uh, clearly something was up. He either was 100% at the, the reason Happy got kidnapped or get got taken away in a crate of feathers. Or, as it turns out, lying his butt off about it. Um, when Happy shows up and calls him out on it. Um, quick question. What did you choose for the response there when Happy called him the worst? I don't, I can't really remember. Um, I, I said, he actually is the worst. And he's like, hey, that, I, it's true, but it's, you don't know what I did. I don't think I did. I don't think I did that. I think I might have chose the other one, but, which was more like, what is going on? <laughs> yeah. There were like three choices, but I chose like, he actually is the worst. And he's like, you don't know what I did. It, I mean, it's true, but you don't know what I did yet. Um, And you get, uh, before he starts to tell you what he what he did and what he was doing or why he did it and um a bunch of thugs show up so you fight through and there's one special thug or special character baron ox who shows up with the relic that uh balthus had in the side story in the um cindered shadows mm. uh he's the focus kind of um i mean the whole map is just defeat the enemies you get a bunch of random enemies popping up uh throughout the map you know random uh reinforcements uh for me it wasn't that big a deal when you defeat baron ox he turns into a beast because apparently he doesn't have a crest uh so um after the battle uh we get some more interesting fleshing out of the story uh the guy baron ox who had the relic there is the map is actually Monica's father. Uh, and I'm guessing we rescued her. Uh, before we rescued her, he was told that the people who had him would return her for a hero's relic. Uh, Edelgard also mentioned that the family has been in turmoil. Uh, so it kind of explains why the father is not looking for him once we find, once we have her back, and maybe why the monastery would accept Monica not wanting to go home if her family's already a kind of a mess. Hmm. Why they're not surprised about not hearing from her parents. Because this happened to Baron Ox and no clue what's with her mom, you know? I wonder if they put this 
paralog in. Obviously, they put the paralog in to give Balthus his uh, his hero's relic, but it seems like maybe they took this opportunity to also address what might have been a little bit of a, a plot hole in the original main game, because this kind of does help. It doesn't completely smooth it over, but it at least addresses it some concerns. Doesn't smooth it over. It addresses it in the way paralogs work in here. There's no guarantee you would have gotten it now. The fact is you might have gotten it, you know, I think you have till 2.22 on the in-game calendar, and I don't know how many months ahead that is, but uh, it's like... It's like two months ahead, because I was, I was looking at, I kept looking at these and like, okay, when do I have to do this one by? Oh, I got two months. I think it's October. Or no, maybe four months. Yeah, you're right. I was going to say, I think it's four months. I think we're in October in the game. So, um, so you have four months to do it, and if you wait till the end of those four months... Monica's been back at the monastery for four months and her parents haven't said anything and now you're and now her father just shows up and gets killed. So Yeah. I think Monica might also be going through some transformations as well, but I, I try to remember oh. when that happens. But uh not a big deal. Uh I thought that was a good uh, paralogue. <laughs> I I was not planning to bring any spoilers Ah, it's been long enough. It's been long enough. We can tease it. No one's going to write in about that unless they do, which I'm sorry. but uh, They might write in because you said that now, but... mm, Yeah, well, they'll they'll have to wait to the end of the episode to get the information, so take that. Um, I I like this paralogue. I thought it was really good, although I did struggle because both... I I think Balthus, I hadn't leveled up, so he was a required unit. Mm -hmm. He was level 5. I should have thought about that before I jumped in. So I had to kind yeah. of babysit him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was a struggle at some moments. But, you know, uh, I was able to turn back time whenever I made a huge mistake. Um, but I, I liked it. And uh, I, I've I've leveled up Balthus since just so I wouldn't repeat my... Uh, well, I won't repeat my error because we've already done no. his paralogue. I say, we've done his paralogue and I don't think many, if any, characters get multiple paralogues. So... Yeah, but Happy was required for this one too, and she must. She actually, I don't know if she has a paralogue coming up, but anyways, I don't know. Uh, she didn't have a hero's relic in the, um, in Cinder Shadows, so there's a good chance she doesn't have a separate, separate paralogue. Right. Usually, when they pair them up, that's the only one they get. Ah, uh, okay. Well, uh, I did that one mainly because it was the DLC, and I figured it, obviously, I knew it would be something I hadn't done before. Um, But another one I did that I I really liked uh, my first playthrough because it involved um, Dorothea and Ingrid. So Ingrid was a character I obviously didn't have a lot of time with uh, the first time I played through, but in this playthrough, I've been trying to recruit her, and I I did end up recruiting her. Uh, I think this week, she finally joined my squad. Um, but she, so this one rumored nuptials, Ingrid receives an unexpected marriage proposal from a noble of rising status. As soon as Dorothea hears the name, she is adamantly against any engagement between them. So a lot of the story behind Ingrid is that she's the only one who has a crest in her family and her father's trying to marry her off to, uh, to kind of solidify sort of a, uh, keep the family name alive. Basically she's like yes. their last hope. And uh, this sort of suitor is known to Dorothea, and, and you quickly find out he's a bad dude because when you investigate him, he traps you in a lava land and tries to kidnap Ingrid and kill everybody else. <laughs> so, not a great guy. But you mean 
good guys don't do that no um i mean like maybe maybe without the lava world the uh, maybe maybe they don't fight you um mm. on an active volcano I think trying to kidnap people is something good guys don't normally do no you're right you're right so uh in this instance so. yeah definitely don't do this it's a bad guy and um you you escape He's not there, but he's kind of off screen. He's not around, but you escape. So basically the whole point of the mission is to get Ingrid to the escape point. You can take mm -hmm. out the thief in the top right of the map, but there are invisible sort of walls along the map. When you cross a certain threshold, more uh, ambushes will basically occur. So if you try to get Ingrid to just beeline it to the end, she's going to be uh, surrounded pretty quick. So you kind of want to snowball and you can send a smaller group to the top right to kind of take out the thief there to stop mm -hmm. um, the reinforcements. Uh, I kind of did both. I kind of just snowballed down with Ingrid to the bottom and then had a smaller snowball go to the top right and take out that thief. But um, I ended up getting Ingrid to the end. It was a fairly painless battle. I had done it before and yeah. um, there are these little patches on the ground that if you leave a unit on it, they will take about seven to eight damage uh, at the start of their turn. So you got to be careful. I don't know that. why standing in open flames or lava or whatever it's supposed to be is what damage your units. But I hey, I mean, there's only one way to find out. <laughs> I don't recommend it, honestly. Um, and and mm -hmm. you know what? It's uh, unless you're paying attention to the top left part of the screen that is telling you what you're standing in. They look pretty similar, in my defense, to the other pieces of rock, although. It's not much of a defense because, again, the game tells you, hey, you're standing on lava. Maybe don't do that. Um, so it's I can blame no one but myself. Uh, at the end of the paralogue, though, essentially you write your father. Ingrid writes your father and basically explains like, hey, this guy tried to kidnap me and kill my friends. So maybe not. And uh, it turns out it worked really well. And then um, I remember why I like this so much because at the end, Ingrid gives a ring to Dorothea and Dorothea kind of plays a joke on Ingrid like oh yes I'll marry you and there's a, a like that fun little moment between the two but it it's a really good paralogue it's got good sort of character interactions at the beginning good character interactions at the end and it's it's a fun battle because it kind of you are you can split your your attention a little bit so and you get Lewin from this correct uh sorry who Lewin, the lance that Ingrid's using in yes, Heroes? Yes, Lewin. <laughs> like, who's that? I don't know. Uh, you know, yeah, you do get the, the hero relic for uh, Ingrid, Ingrid, but it just goes to show that, again, like, I didn't really pay much attention to that. So, but yes, mm -hmm. you do get Lewin. And um, it's really weird when you get these hero relics. Um, they, they give them to you. The character is clearly the one... The paralogue person is clearly the one that should be given the hero relic, but they're always like, I'll give it to you for safekeeping. It's like, well, I don't need all these hero relics. I've got the sort of creator or whatever, so I'm going to... It's gameplay over story or over logic. I mean, I guess there is a logic of entrusting it to your teacher who you entrust in implicitly. Right. Uh, you know, of what to do with it, but it's also gameplay. It's like... Well, this character was given this weapon, so why is it that you can take it off of them and put it in your storehouse and leave it sitting there for months? Especially when you, you forget know? to equip it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I so hear you on that. Their, their reasoning of why why is it in your storehouse and you're 
you know, with all the other weapons you've collected? Oh, because the character entrusted you to watch over it and decide when and where to, and who to give it to, you know? Yeah. Nine times out of ten, you're going to give the person who crest matches up with it that weapon. But there are a couple rare times, like with Lysithia. I believe the weapon is, or the wand is supposed to be for Lorenz, but it works a lot better with Lysithia. You know? Yeah. I can see that. And since she has her unique situation of having two crests, she is actually compatible with that crest. So. Hmm. Oh, that's good. That makes sense. That does make sense. Um, well, we are, as you said, we are getting into the paralogs, so we'll we'll uh, we'll cover them as we both play them, and maybe we'll have weeks where we talk about a couple. Maybe we'll have weeks where we talk about one. We'll play it sort of and see how it goes. And but, when we yeah. get to the point when they go away, if Ryan didn't have it pop up for him or whatever, I will go over the ones that are left. Yeah, that I had did. I so. feel like there's going to be some that I won't get just because I, I I'm trying to recruit everybody but you didn't recruit like crazy like i did yeah no i don't have everybody yet so i i feel like there will be some gaps but uh we will we will sort of fill in those gaps because eddie is is going crazy and he's he's getting everybody so he's he's gonna have everybody Mm -hmm. not crazy just i think i've gotten most everyone the only ones i don't have are the ones you can't get yet true true well i uh, we won't be able to help people on that until we do another run through with a different different house but uh uh, next week is chapter eight of white clouds the claude route so we'll we will be back with more game club so if you're playing alongside be sure to get through chapter eight and um that is going to do it for this episode of summoner's call you can visit us on the web at gamersinpodcast.com slash fay email the show fay at gamersinpodcast.com let us know if you're upset about the monica spoilers i don't know just let us know uh, you can check out the Fire Emblem channel in the Gamers in Discord at bit.ly slash TGI Discord. You can also let us know there about the Monica spoilers, if you want. If you have Discord, that is. You can follow us on Twitter. You can find me at rmurphy, eddie at drawfear, and don't forget to follow at the Gamers in for show updates. Be sure to check out serenesforest.net, our go-to resource for Fire Emblem news and information. They posted some Monica spoilers, so um, you should write them as well. <laughs> you thought I was going to let it go. I didn't. Uh, But that is going to do it for this episode of Summoner's Call. Have a great week and happy summoning. And just in case you somehow missed it during the episode, there were Monica spoilers.